Hey everybody, welcome to the Pals Podcast. My name is George Boutsalis. And I'm your other pal, Ricky Liordi. Before you go any farther, we have one thing to say. Thanks so much to everybody who is tuned in and coming back to tune in again. We love you all and thank you for the support. For those of you who are new listeners, we ask one thing. Please take a second to go like, subscribe, and follow the Pals Podcast. You can do so on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, every social. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. And we'd like to give a special shout out to the people who keep the lights on. Our presenting sponsor, Cottage Springs. Guys, if you haven't had a Cottage Springs yet this summer, you need to go to LCBO right now and go buy some. Their new vodka lemonade is absolutely fire. One gram, is, one gram of sugar, one gram of carbs, and a whole boatload of taste. This thing's amazing. It tastes so good. Super refreshing. Guys, trust me, if you're at Trinity, you're at Stanley, you're at the cottage, no matter where you are, this is the drink you want. Or if you're with a group of pals like we are, then grab their four liter box of vodka water. That is also absolutely straight fire. Slap the bag, put it down, LFG, drink it, Cottage Springs. Give them a follow on socials as well. Oh, you, if you don't know, you're about to know. Our next sponsor is our baby, our passion project turned global social media app, taking over the world and fixing social media one vote at a time, Cast. Guys, I'm going to tell you what Cast is. Cast is a social voting app. We're on a mission to create a safe space to share your honest opinion and see an instant snapshot of what people really think. We're turning bystanders into active participants in every conversation. Now, you might say, George, doesn't social media like that already exist? Well, the answer is no, and you'll, you'd be wrong. Guys, there's a reason why we're doing what we're doing. Social media has become a place filled with subjective data, dishonest opinions, and biased narratives. We're bringing objective truth, honesty, and transparency to social media to create a real representation of what people really think. If you want to check out Cast and get on today be part of the conversation you can go to www.joincast.co backslash download you can find cast on the app store in the play store just look for the purple c and that's all without further ado lfg let's go Welcome to the Fowls Podcast. We have the James Barker band here. We've got James, Bobby, and Taylor. Welcome, gents. Howdy. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. We are happy to virtually be here. I know. It would have been great to have you boys in the studio. This is our studio, by the way, because uh, it's always fun to meet people. But I guess, you know, because of COVID and, and you boys are down in Nashville a lot, this is the best we can do. Yeah, exactly. Where are you guys? Where are you guys based out of? We're in Toronto. Right in, right in Toronto? Like, heart of downtown. Like, right uh, about a street, like, one block south of Trinity Bellwood. So, Queen West area, right kind of in the, I don't know, the hip, I wouldn't know what you call it. Like, the hip, hip West End, kind of hip. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, not, it looks like really a hip. hip. <laughs> you can tell by the apartment, it's like, that's a hip spot. That's too cool. Almost too cool for guys like us to go to. So, maybe a good thing. <laughs> no, we love it. I did, Um, I, when Danielle sent us some notes, I did notice that every single one of you guys has a tattoo. Oh, yeah. yeah, we have almost too many tattoos. We're missing Connor, who is like basically, um, you a know, billboard. he's running out of square footage for tattoos, but the rest of us are 
maybe not as strict with getting tattoos as we should be. It's like, hey, we should do this, and we do it. So, did you guys ever get any matching ones? Yeah, Connor, Connor, I got matching tattoos. Bobby and Con have like in a, I wouldn't say, well, kind of matching. They uh, they coordinate. We got the uh, dude in suite from Dude Where's My Car in our. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh can, uh, let's see. Let's no way. Uh, I don't know how far down. A little for a little further. Got his tarps off two minutes into the interview. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Ricky had his shirt off in a bar on the weekend, so it's not even that bad compared to what this guy does. I knew. So. Yeah, no, but we got it started off as dude and sweet, and then we did like a uh, a really cool um, thing for Spotify, and we went to ta- a tattoo parlor to do content, and then we ended up adding the country playlist. So the playlist was called Hot Country. So I got hot and Connor got country. So now mine says hot dude and Connor says <laughs> sweet country. And come on. Yeah. It, it, and I mean, the worst part is on mine, I let Connor tattoo it. So <laughs> he's not, he's not gentle. He's, he doesn't know. What he's, <laughs> he's got it. He got He has a drummer's touch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's all like shaky and I, on the other sides uh, and everything. Yeah. yeah. A, couple beers, and, a couple beers deep doing it. And for the record, uh, Connor and I didn't get matching tattoos. Connor got, he'd be mad if we, if I said we got matching tattoos, he got his first. I really liked it. So I got it. So it's not like we went in there like, Hey, let's get matching tattoos. Cause as Connor would say, we didn't do that. Connor's going to listen to this and get cheesed. Eh? He's going to be like, yeah, we did not get matching tattoos. He's like, no, we didn't. That. No, no way. You copied me, which is true. I liked it a lot or whatever. So as Connor's lawyer, uh, and representing him as a client, he, uh, he got his first. Okay. Fair, fair. What, uh, so what's been going on with you guys? I mean, you just said you, uh, obviously just before you went on, you talked about playing Stampede. Was that like your first big show back in a while? I know like, you know, the world opening back up or you guys been. Yeah, we, uh, we actually played, I guess so like a month and a half ago, we actually got to play two dates down in the States opening up for Trace Atkins in, uh, in Ohio in Beaver Dam and Corbin, Ohio. No, no, Kentucky. 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 Sorry, Kentucky. We've got one coming up in Ohio. Thank you. Um, in Kentucky. Um, so we got to do those, which were still actually kind of like semi-socially distanced. Um, so they, But they were still cool, but it was uh, obviously we don't have the traction down there we have in Canada. So the Calgary Stampede was the first like full one back. And for sure the first one back where the crowd was like all together and 10 out of 10 drunk and 10 out of 10 there for a good time. Um, boy, so we're still, still kind of riding the high from that. I love that. Is it your first time playing the stampede? No, we've uh, that's actually our third time playing the stampede. Wow, yeah, we got to play. We first played like the I don't know if you guys have been out there, but the Nashville North Tent is normally like this, just like it's like the biggest party in Canada. Um, I feel like everyone would agree to that. Um, and then two years ago, we actually got to open up the saddle dome for uh, Tim McGraw. So, so that was pretty dope. So it was, uh, it was good to go back. Seems to be a lot of monumentous moments when we go into the stampede. So awesome. Did you guys, uh, you guys feel like obviously put a show before the stampede, but that's the first, I guess, really rowdy one in, in a while. Did you get any like nerves going back out there? Or did it feel like riding a bike? Just jump back in. It, I mean, I'll let the other guys say too. It definitely felt a little bit weird. Like Connor actually said, he's like, he was on the day of, he's like, dude, I was starting to get nervous this morning. And then he's like, oh, dude, like everyone knows who we are up here. And then he was like, wait, everyone knows who we are up here. It's like for a second, it like eases the nerves. And then you almost like double down. You're like, we, you know, 
we actually have like a level that we have to perform at when we came back. Um, but I, I'll let the other guys say too how they were feeling. So I don't speak for everyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, never mind. Those virtual podcasts. This is the yeah. moment. It was, uh, it was like crazy. I know when we were just walking out to a crowd again, it was like, it's been so long to actually come out and have a full audience there. And I know I came out and I had my beer in hand and normally I'll place it down. I was so fired up. I just chugged it and like threw it <laughs> up down. And then I was like, I had to dial it back a little bit where it was like one song in, but uh, it was just great. Once you get two songs in and everything's going great, you just, it, there's like no better feeling. Yeah, yeah, one hundred. It's, it's like it's like it's like Connor said or whatever too. Like, can Kentucky was great and it was like really good to get back into whatever. But yeah, when you're back in Canada, or whatever, and like you have that, like I don't know that hometown pressure, or whatever. You're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And it's like, oh wait, it's gonna be awesome. Like they're they're gonna know everything if we screw <laughs> it. You know, if we like if we miss a couple lines or we miss a couple words, they're gonna know we missed the words. Oh god, oh god. But uh, Calgary's just like. Yeah, that was nuts. That was so much fun. And and just and even how they had set up to like obviously kudos to the stampede and stuff. Just like everything was streamlined. And it was just like you didn't go in there being like, oh, you know, I don't know if this is, you know, the right thing to do or whatever. It was just like everything was set up. You, you felt safe, you felt comfortable and stuff. And yeah, it was just it was just a good like our day was a great day of just being there and being being back in it after being away for so so flipping long. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of Canada's reopening party. You know, like Canada has been pretty shut down for so long, and that's the first big event that this country has seen. I say this country, you guys aren't in this country right now, but as Canadians, you guys, you guys know the Stampede, and obviously, like this, that was huge. Yeah, it was it was definitely huge, and I mean, it was a little bit weird. I mean, especially coming because like this whole COVID thing has been moving in different, like south of the border, north of the border. Is it's very rare that they've been on the same page as far as like things were really bad in the States and then they started rolling with the vaccines and they happened really quick. And then all of a sudden things were opened up in the States. And so it's been, it's been hard actually being in Nashville, seeing like, you know, the vaccinations and all that stuff roll out and then taking a little longer in Canada. It's been hard watching all of our like friends and family back in Canada still be under lockdown, especially in like Ontario and stuff when things got really bad. Um, mm -hmm. So I do feel like that was like the first thing because no, and no matter where you are with this COVID stuff, like the first time you go out without a mask or first time you do anything after being locked down is going to be awkward and it's going to feel kind of wrong. And I feel like with the stampede, you're right. Like it almost, someone needs to be like, okay, let's see what happens when we go back to normal and, and let's try and go back and, you know, do everything we can to make sure we keep, you know, everybody safe um, during the process. And so it, I think it was that, and you definitely got the sense from everybody who wasn't in Calgary that they were like, okay, and now it's our turn. Like, it, we need to get back to doing this stuff. So, which I think is good. I think it is, is a positive thing. It's just about, you know, knowing how to draw the line between, you know, reckless and, and being careful for those things too. So. Absolutely. I mean, it was good to see for sure. Like I, I you know, we're in Ontario and it's, you know, been uh, like a tougher time being locked down and seeing everybody out. I mean, I will say that people in Toronto for like, since summer started, I don't think if, really been paying too much attention. Like the parks are full. People are out and about. There's like, I don't know, these like um, uh, makeshift music festivals happening all over the islands. Like I think people are starting to ease back into it, but definitely waiting for the days that we can have like some sense of like a concert or a festival or something. Because Toronto has so many. I mean, never mind like festivals, like even concerts and like not a mm -hmm. single one in so long. So I think that seeing that was definitely um, 
it's like a good feeling, even though we weren't there, like say, okay, it's like finally getting back and starting to seem like how Canada handled it is actually starting to pan out in a positive way, kind of taking longer to roll it out. Cause now, you know, hopefully it takes us into the winter and, and the fall and winter in, in a better state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be, any, shouldn't be any backwards motion with it because it's like, they've, like you said, it took a little bit longer in the first place, but now it's like, I don't know, they're throwing those needles that everybody will get one. So that's a good sign. So um, there was one thing you guys said earlier, I wanted to ask, you said that everyone knows who you are there and they were all like super amped up. So you maybe realize you can't make some mistakes. Do you think that, do you think that if you made any mistakes, hypothetically, they would be more lenient because they're just happy to be there or vice versa. They've been waiting so long to get there that they expected the best. Like, what do you think? No, I, I think you could have gone out and butchered every lyric. They were like, <laughs> we don't even care. It doesn't matter. Sing what you want. Give the people what they want. Um, it wouldn't have mattered. You legit could have went out there and like farted the alphabet and they would have been like <laughs> screaming hundred percent. Like they didn't, they didn't give a shit. I, they were like, I'd be, for anyone. I'd be screaming for that. That's a talent, James. <laughs> yeah, Good Lord. X factor stuff. That's how, X factor how are you stuff. making the shape sound? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah. Impressive. That's what I, that's what I would have, I would have thought, right? Everyone's just kind of like, you know what, who gives a shit at this point? Like whatever comes out, I think they're just happy to be there, which is, which is good. I guess easing back into things. Go ahead. I will yeah. say, and I, I don't know who this person was. I forgot about this, but it, it like, it, it warms your heart isn't the right thing, but like, it just brings you back to the good times. There were a couple people, one, one person in particular in the front row in Calgary that was singing every word and was into it and was like, hands up, rocking out. And he or she knew zero of the words, but their mouth was going every single syllable James said. It was I like, exactly you know, who you're talking yeah, to. literally everything. And, and he or she was, was into, uh, like into it and like everything they were there, they were absolutely there. And I forgot that you have people that are just so into it. They will make up words and they're like, yeah, this is me. It's like, yeah. It's that pressure though. Cause like people don't think about it. Cause we're watching, they're watching us and we're watching them. And 100%. like you have that pressure maybe in the crowd to be in like, oh, they can see us in the front. But I know he or she who was singing, it was like a brand new song. And he, it was like yeah. first chorus. And he was like saying every word. And I was like, I don't even know the words. How the hell <laughs> <are you doing?" laughs> but it's great because like it like it like because you don't like in do and James did the like so many unbelievable amount of virtual shows or whatever. You don't get that. And then you're back into it. You're just like, oh, like that's what it's about. That's like, hey, you're well, not six feet. We were probably 20 feet from them, but like you're there, you're in it. That's that concert energy. That's that music thing. Like that's that thing that we've missed now for whatever it's been 16 months or seven. Dude, that's <laughs> that shit kills me to try and like be like singing and you're like looking at them, like trying to like get into it. And you see someone who like you're like, you. Are you, is that even the English you're saying? Like, because you can see the, like, it looks like someone who's chewing on an apple who doesn't have any teeth. When they're saying, when someone is singing like words that they don't even know, it's, it's really hard to like stay in, uh, in focus on that, but it is, it's good and bad. Cause it's, it's almost like, you're like, they know every word, every song, but like Bob said, then it's a song that like, we're like legit. No one knows the song legit. There's no way. There's no way you know the song. And every once in a while you catch eyes with them when you lock out. Cause they look at you and you're just like, you're singing and they're singing. And it's like, dude, it's like, you think uh, this, honestly, there's so many thoughts that go through your head on stage, but it's like, you catch eyes and you're like, do they, do they know that I know that they don't know the words or, do, or do they think that 
I know that they know the words and I'm singing them wrong. It's yeah. Yeah, so, many, so many things. I do think yeah, the alcohol probably like plays a major role in <laughs> yeah. confidence. Yes. yes. Is that throwing you off? You see somebody like, we've never had this. I mean, I've, I've been on stages to like DJ universities. So I've been in front of people, like not as big, nearly as big of a crowd, but you know, sometimes you get like caught up in the moment and like, you know, you're like, Oh shit, I gotta like mix this or do this. Like for you guys, when you see that, if you see someone, never mind, even like not knowing the words, but like knowing the words, does it throw you off or do you get like in like a trance and you're like in the date? Like, oh shit, I missed that chord. Yeah. Oh, a little bit, but also not really. Cause you're like, just like riding the high. It's like, there's this weird thing that you have to do. Not that you have to, but like I find helpful to do where you have to go on the stage and kind of like, I'm the, sorry for lack of a better term, but I'm the fucking man right now. And you need to be like, you need to go on stage with that level of confidence. So like when you see someone who's like into it, you're like, yeah, they're into it because I'm the fucking man. You have to do that. <laughs> you have to be like your thing the whole time. It's like totally like a confidence thing because if you have any inkling of like insecurity while you're on stage, you're like, you know, it's like you're peeing in the wind. It's like you're fully exposed. <laughs> so you have to have that level of confidence. I, I, that's that's my. I, I will say from my background parts because there's some stuff that goes in or around James. There have been time, many times. Well, I'm not going to admit to it. A couple times in five years, uh, <laughs> six years, um, where yeah, like there'll be parts, like signature parts and songs or whatever that I'll like be, oh whatever. I'll look at Connor. I'll look at Bob. I'll do something, and I like hear it. Like I hear the audience, not to say like woohoo's and just saying or whatever, but I'll hear it and I'll go like, oh crap, I missed that on the <laughs> mic or whatever, and like. It's like, ah, whatever it is, what it is. But yeah, I've had those moments where it's just like, oh, the audience sang the part that I was supposed to sing. <laughs> okay. I'll get it next time. Next time. Guys, I'm not going to lie. This is the most I've laughed in one of our virtual episodes in the first like 10, 15 minutes in a long time. So I appreciate this, guys. Nice. A lot of times the jokes don't translate virtually. And this episode, they definitely have translated. Thank also, you. Also, the most most people we've had on a, on a call ever. Usually when it's virtual, it's like us two and one person. So this yeah. is even harder. So you guys are killing it right I now. So we this. appreciate it. <laughs> I'm having a Sorry, I apologize. We're not necessarily the most politically correct or best at not right. aware of <laughs> So it's like... We always reference this one episode of the Trailer Park Boys where, like, Ricky's trying to do, like, he's in court. He's just swearing the whole time. And that's literally, like, our band in every interview. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go censoring on yeah. ours. Let me say, say whatever you want to say. Is, it's Tyler, it's too. It's it. Um, let it fly. Yeah, I want to go back a little bit, 2017, 2018. I feel like that was kind of one of those big moments for you guys. Chills obviously got nominated. You guys won some awards for that, the billboard charts, everything. How was that feeling? Was that the like kind of aha moment where you guys were like, Hey, we know we got something. I mean, there's, there's, and I'll let the other guys speak too. Cause I feel like it's maybe different for all of us, but there's been a few of those moments. I mean, 2017 to me stands out as a year where things like everything kind of changed. I mean, and things had been in the works, Obviously, we've been grinding, grinding it out since 20, kind of into 2014, 2015. But it was like something, someone flipped a switch in 2017 and things took off. And it went from being like one second we were like just kind of playing bars and the next second we were on the Dean Brody tour. That one was a pretty big moment for me. I know that's not like one specific moment, but it was over the course of like a month and a half where we were playing all of these shows opening up for Dean and it was like it started out where like people kind of know the songs and we chills went number one while we were on that tour. And then it got to the point because it was like, well, OK, we played like it started in in Ontario. And so we were playing like Oshawa, Peterborough, you know, Kitchener, all of that stuff, London. And people knew the words to like a couple of the songs. And it was only like a 25 minute set or half an hour set. It was and quick. Then it yeah. 
and and well yeah and then we got to the point where we were like okay we hit brandon manitoba well, people know the, the words of the songs there and then we got to like edmonton and it was like it was insane like it was like everyone knew the word to every song and we started chills the whole like whatever it was like twenty thousand people in the arena freaked out and it was like oh it was like one of those <laughs> one of those moments where you walk it on stage and they cheer before you even say a word and that was to me it was like oh man it's like it's all happening that was like pretty crazy and then, and then the funny thing is, is when you're opening up on a tour, then you go back to your crappy bus and go back to your crappy hotel and all of that stuff. You go from like being this hero in front of 15 or 20,000 people to being like the guy who's like, just, you know, started the tour, you know? So that, that to me would be the moment probably like playing Edmonton on that tour was a pretty big, pretty one, big one. I remember for me personally, I don't know what you guys think. To be fair, Edmonton, we finished the show and I went back to my fantasy suite at the Edmonton mall and i slept in the <laughs> i had a i had a nice room that one i forgot out of it you guys ever heard of the fantasy hotel in uh west edmonton mall? edmonton mall no i i've been there once when i was so i went on a rugby trip when i was like 11 or 12 years old and we did uh alberta and bc and i actually went to the stampede during that when i was like 10 years old or something so i don't really remember it or 11 but we went to West Edmonton Mall because I just remember there's a hockey rink there too. And I was like, there's yeah. a hockey rink inside of a mall. This is insane. But that's all. There was, when we were there, the, uh, what was it? The wave pool was cleared out and there was a rave. Come on. <laughs> like a legit rave as you're walking in, you're just like, what, what did I miss? So, yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was nuts. So many people. Bobby, tell us a story about this fantasy suite. <laughs> Look at that. Everyone else got screwed here and you got the nice room? No, Everyone? we got normal rooms. You got the- They got normal rooms. And I think I was with our videographer and it was like for $50 more, you could upgrade to like a fantasy or something like that. And I was like, I'm doing this. And they have like themed rooms. So one's like the jungle. Then there's like, um, like I said, like the igloo room and then Hollywood room. So we got the igloo room and like, it was like literally the coolest hotel room I've ever stayed in. Everything was like iced and everything. It was cool. <laughs> but, oh, so basically like a Disneyland hotel room kind of thing. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Bo- Bobby's so happy. He's frozen. He's just really reminiscing right now. He's really yeah. thinking. <laughs> that's, there we go. We got him back. I just, hey. Dropped there. I missed that. Sorry. You froze in the perfect frame and look at like you were just remembering, like in the days, remembering what the room was like. It was actually I'm really, really, really good <laughs> flashback there. Yeah, um, yeah. I want to jump back for one second, Jason. Remember you, you said earlier, you know, you're on stage, you gotta think like I'm the man. This doesn't like, you know, if nothing phases me. But that first time you went out and chills, and it's like the whole place lit up. I mean, did you feel that same way or was it like, oh shit, like this is, this is pretty crazy. Like a little bit of butterflies or was it still that same mentality going out there? It was, it was definitely a little bit of butterflies, but I mean that like, it, I get why like people in bands, like your ego gets out of control because you, you kind of have to channel it because you can't let the nerves get to you from that. You have to take that and like feed off of it and, and, and do that. And I feel like that moment of being out there, there's like a bit of a moment of like, how did we get here? kind of thing like how did this happen but you have to catch it quick because you can't it's almost weird it's like if you let that that little thing get in you it's really easy for that to transition into like nerves and so you have to take that and be like and it's it's not like we're not like that in day-to-day life but i heard a really cool interview with alice cooper once he's like when you get on stage take the dude out of like take the the ward you know 
the costume out of the closet and put it on. Is when you get off stage, put the thing back in the closet because you can't be that guy 24-7 or you're going to be a douchebag. But when you're on stage, you have to do that thing. And I feel like I remember that moment being like, this is it. Like, this is what we were made for. And I feel like it, it, does, it wasn't even nervous at all. You get nervous and anxious before you go on. But if, you know, if you're dialed in when you get on stage, it's not that at all. It's like the dead opposite. And you don't even think about like mistakes that happen because then you get inside your own head. If there's something happens during the show, you don't even you can't even think about it until you get off the stage. And then you can spend all night being depressed about it, but you can't do it on stage. <laughs> but I guess it's, it's fair to assume as well, like not in an ego way, but you guys also are doing this with the like, you know, for a long time. You, you know, you get there and at that moment, I'll be like, oh, wow, this is crazy. But it's also you've worked your whole life to get here and get there that you like. It's kind of that validation, like, okay, we knew, you know, whenever it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But you're like, oh, we knew it's going to happen at some point. So it's kind of gives you that, like, reaff- like a reaffirms what you believed the whole time, belief in yourself. So it kind of gives you that extra boost. Yeah, 100%. It's 100% that. And the thing is, too, is you have so many gigs that things go horribly wrong. or And not even horribly wrong, but where people don't care, like when you're coming up to do this thing. And so you have that as like the baseline is like you playing bars where people don't care for four hours playing covers and they don't even care about the covers, never mind your original stuff. And so then when you get to a show where one, it's like really easy from a music standpoint, 25 minutes on that is easy. Then everyone knows the worst to all the songs. Like there's there's no nerves because you the nerves happen when people aren't into it. Do you know what I mean? When yeah. people aren't into something, you get nervous because you get insecure. But whenever it's into it, it is not. It, like, you do not get nervous at all. That's that's at least how it feels like for me. And I feel like the other guys would probably agree. You get nervous when you know people don't like what you're doing. But if you know what people like what you're doing, it's almost like, you, what what could go wrong? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You always said, James always said this to me, like, I think like two years ago. And it was like, and it was like a realizing factor for me. And it was just like, you're only nervous if you're unprepared. And I heard that and I was like, maybe he's right. Maybe I should get like more prepared for other things. And like, it is true. Like the nerd, the nerd are a thing, but I mean, like James said, once you're out there and you hear the crowd, like you just have to have that mindset. And if there's any nerves and you're just in your shell, then that just means you didn't come prepared to the gig or you didn't come prepared to the show enough. So. Yeah. You shouldn't even have to worry about it. You should just be basking in the, like the excitement and like the energy of being at the show and not being like, what, what's chords or what word am I saying next? You know, like, that yeah. stuff should be so drilled in that you don't have to stress about it. Yeah, um, it makes sense. <clears throat> I, I, there's one quote, and I'm gonna butcher this because I don't. I already know what you're gonna say. You're gonna mess it up a hundred percent. Preparation <laughs> or some shit. You butchered it. That's See? not it. Was but, say like that. but it's like yeah, it basically saying if you're not prepared, you're it. not ready. Something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. On this topic though, what? Uh, not talking about like shows at the beginning where nobody knew your songs or nobody cared. What's like one embarrassing moment or one kind of concert nightmare that happened to you guys? Oh, there's been a there few. One where, like the music just didn't work or like somebody unplayed. I got a good example. Actually, I used to be a concert thrower back in the, in my previous life. And I did a, a concert with a DJ Avicii. He's, uh, he's passed now, but he was like super famous back in the day. It was his first headlining show in Canada, actually. And we did it at a nightclub and literally the music, some kid like accidentally unplugged the, uh, the extension cord and the music just shut off for like four minutes. Like yeah. mid set, like three, like fifteen minutes into the set, like bangers playing, boom, and we have no yeah. idea what happened. No power. Yeah, no. I was. I think. I think I know. I think I know James or whatever. I'm gonna go a little off the board. We played. Um, we played one in Quebec uh, called like Festival de Lumineer or something like that, and we played a couple times. I forget which one. I think it was maybe the second time, 
but we went to go on stage because we were the headliner uh we went to go on stage and like the tracks and nothing worked and they were like chanting and like cheering our name and i think like that moment of like i guess pan like just sheer panic because you're like they're waiting for us uh you're like watching the seconds go by you're literally like just like waiting for like the tracks like you're waiting for something to happen or whatever and like that it's not it's not helplessness because obviously you figure it out or whatever but like in that moment when you go you hit play and you go to like start the show and it doesn't start and you're like oh god oh god why isn't it starting uh and you're going down mental checklist or whatever like that was i don't I, I wouldn't call it a funny moment but that was one of those moments where it's just like oh my god like this is this is a moment i'll remember this moment for sure and that was yeah. like this that wasn't just like the someone unplugged one cord. I was like, yeah, we found the problem. They forgot to plug in like 60 things and like nothing was plugged in. And we're like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was insane. That was so messed up. It was like, you go to play your guitar. There's nothing like go to literally like Taylor said, go to hit the walkout track and you're all amped up. You're like, did freaking 75 pushups, chest is looking. And, and they're chanting I, man. like they're chanting. Yeah, and then you you like it's literally like someone just clips your wings, and then you're standing like side stage, being like, "Well, now, now what the fuck do we do? <laughs> like, now what?" That, that was a bad one. We had another one once where we uh, there was like you get this. This is super common, and but it never gets easier. Is where like something is just feeding back in the middle, and we had one replayed. I think it was in Lloydminster or something like that. Um, so. And this is going to seem weird, so I'll kind of do some background into it. But when you play a major city center, there's like people, there's like young people and there's drunk people. And there's like really generally pretty easy. Even when you play like a county fair, it's generally pretty chill. But sometimes you'll play. And I know this because I'm from a small town. You'll play a small town and people, myself included, when I'm around my small town buddies, I don't want to sing. I don't want to dance. I want to look tough because there's a good chance I'm going to have to fight someone at the end of the night. That's just how it goes <laughs> in small towns. And so there's no harder crowd than playing like these small town crowds because you're kind of pushing a boulder up a hill, trying to find some way to relate and get them excited. And we were playing Lloydminster and it was a bunch of like oil workers and like tough, hardworking dudes. And like there was like this feedback and you could tell like there's so many people in the crowd were like, who the hell are these guys? They like can't even, I don't want, I don't like their music that much because I haven't heard them. And two, <laughs> there's like big boomy ringing noises. that sounds like a chainsaw. What is going on? And so that, that to me is one I remember because you're just on stage. You're like, man, someone's going to kick my ass when I get off the stage right now, just for no reason. So that might be the, the terrifying moment for me is we had like the worst feedback of our lives in, in Lloydminster, Alberta. Bobby, yeah. did you give us yours? No, I was going to say, I, I, I forgot about this one. Uh, we were in Moncton, New Brunswick, and oh, we had a part in our show. We had a part you know, in our show. bad when, when James sits back and like, oh, shit. This isn't yeah. bad on it. This, this is, maybe this is a different one you're thinking of, but we had a part in our show where it was like, ladies and gentlemen, Bobby, bass solo. And for the first two songs, my guitar pack wasn't working, so I had no bass. But James had no <laughs> idea I had no bass. So my solo thing came. And so I was like, here we go. I'm just going to go for it. And it's, it's going to come back online and it's great. So I stepped up there and everyone dropped out and it just was side and the crowd. <laughs> and I just, and instead of just getting down, I just kind of kept going like, like going. 
And then I remember just, I, I think that was like one time in like a show where I was in my head for like 40 minutes. And that's where you have to get good at it and be like, people have a short term, like memory for things like they'll forget. You can't dwell on that. But I sat on stage just like, you loser. You're such a <laughs> The entire show, I was just in my head. I was like so embarrassed. But that was- should have been like, you guys, you guys don't hear that? It's just sick. It's yeah. so good. I probably butchered it anyway. So luckily it didn't. Oh, whatever. That's so funny. So you played the whole solo and just went back into it? It was like 15 seconds of just bass where no drums, no nothing. Everyone cut out. And I, and I stood up on like a little box. And so I was up high and just nothing came out. And, and like, See, yeah. I, don't have the, I don't have like the, um, like the calm composure, not on your end. If I was the other guys, I would have just started laughing hysterically. Like, I'm like, this is so ridiculous, but. Well, that's the thing. Most other bands are like really professional where it comes when guys, <laughs> whenever any of us makes mistakes, we literally all roast each other during the show. Can <laughs> I, can I point and laugh? <laughs> do I have your permission to tell the, the, the story at, in america with the hill the concert to give the people what they want oh Tell yeah. it. do it okay so <laughs> it is, this is one of my this is one of my favorite moments of all time so we were playing i uh, i forget uh some beautiful place i think maybe new york so yeah new york um gorgeous festival and like the whatever the stage and then it goes up on this hill big beautiful thing so we're playing and i i think it's basically the same set um probably even the same song as that uh as that one there in new brunswick and bobby yeah has this bass solo and stuff and we all yeah and so we're always like in one way or another we're trying to rile up or like if someone flubs it like it's just it's like we're serious but we're not serious because you can't take yourself too serious because at the end of the day this is our friggin' job this is the best job in the world and we're literally four guys well five of michael that get to have like that is our job that is insane to say it's fantastic so we're always having trying to have a good time and so bobby goes to play and obviously like we're confident but there's like sometimes you're just like oh i don't want to go to the front of the stage because like frig i'm like really exposed like i'm nervous or whatever so bobby's about to go and i'm like okay i'm gonna like you know like subconsciously push him towards the front of the stage so i walk up behind him we're playing whatever and just before his thing and i have no idea he's behind me Right. And just before his thing, I was like, give the people what they want. And literally a second before a solo, he goes, what? And he stops and the band cuts out and he's looking at me and I was like, give the people what they want. And he's like, ah, ah. And then jumps back into it. But I had screamed and I like, I screamed it as loud as I could. And it caught him off guard a second before he was supposed to start. And he's just like, I thought a drunk guy was on stage about to like, punch me. And I was like, <laughs> And then as soon as you missed the one, like your cue, and then I tried to find where I was and it just got just, like, man, I have a lot of moments like that. Maybe it's more so a Bobby thing. <laughs> it's a me problem. We're going to come out to a show and we're going to wait till we know it's your solo. And we're going to shout in the front row. I'm going to yeah. throw Give you the off. people what they want. Yeah. Take them right in. I lost all my solo, uh, what you call it, privileges. <laughs> no, we'll just we'll be the guys front row with the Bristol board. Give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah, chatty. Yeah. It's like we had a we had a, we had Bobby. Whenever Bobby has friends or family at the show, they bring like a, a like a massive ball head cut in like of his head, and so you should just do that. That's always enjoyable to like to see like a massive five foot Bobby's face and right in front of you. I love it. <laughs> uh, Flip it a little bit from, from uh, like embarrassing, funny moments to like the most like hype moments for each of you. Is there one 
Do you guys have the same show that you'll remember? Is it a different point? Um, in terms of like, yeah, I guess I'll go shows. Like aside from shows. Edmonton, aside from Edmonton, because you already mentioned that one. Um, got to be probably. Mine, mine would probably be first time we played the Kitabala was pretty epic because that place is such like a it's like such a unique venue. Yeah. Um, that one to me, like, and now every time we play it, it just feels like we're coming home. Um, I, so that the first time we played that would be like a big man. This is always this is dope and will always be dope. Um, kind of kind of memory yeah i will i would say uh we got to play with dirks we got to do it was like what the day before boots and hearts 2017 must have been 17 um and we got an opportunity just i think dirks was coming up to uh, boots and hearts too and uh we got to play oh god what was it called boots and bourbon we were doing like a, a thing there or whatever and we got to play with dirks like as his band for a couple songs on that like really tiny stage or whatever and I think like, cause we had a couple of really big moments, really crazy moments, but I think that just like being in like, being able to be in the company, like on stage with someone like, and he was the nicest guy. He was unbelievably nice and just like down to earth and like apologized for being late. And he was like three minutes late. And like, it was just everything you could have wanted meeting an idol was what he was. Um, and just playing there and just being like, obviously scared, you know, Chitless, because you're like, don't screw up, don't screw up, don't screw up. He, uh, he'll hate me. Um, but just like that moment where it's just like, it was just, it was so surreal to be able to be doing what we're doing and be in the company like of someone like Dirks who is legendary. Yeah. And Bobby? I mean, Kita Bala was, is always probably the most high. That's like where all of our friends and family get into it. I think it holds like 1,500 people and at least like, half of that capacity is friends and family. Um, but for most hype, I don't, there was, I think the, the year after we won the boots and hearts con uh, contest, we came out and you, and like you get to go out and play a set at like 12 in the afternoon, which is fantastic. It's a great opportunity on the main stage, but like, that's normally a time when I'm at a music festival, I'm not even up by that time. And so we weren't expecting anything. None of us, I think it was Taylor. You might've said like, none of us, I think it was like a band thing. Like no one's allowed to look out, see how many people show up. We're just going to go out. And we walked out that show with thinking there's going to be like 400, 500 people. And I think they said that we set like the capacity record for like the earliest thing. It was literally looked like it was like 4 PM at a festival. Like it was a sea of people. And I just remember we didn't even have a, we only had one single out at that point. It was launch air lazy. And when we hit that on stage, it was like that with the crowd and Connor's epic snare drum that we always talk about to this day, which he'll never be able to find that snare drum again. It was just like such a perfect moment of like, that's like our first ever festival main stage. And it was like the coolest that many people came out and showed up and it just shows from like, like the two, three years that we did playing all the shitty bars and, and I mean, shitty has like tiny bars, but like um, the really tiny bars and us doing that on such a consistent basic, like the circuit that we built like a fan base in Ontario that was enough to pack the biggest festival in Canada for a 12 o'clock thing. So that was probably one of the most hype moments. 100%. Actually, George, have you ever been to Boots and Hearts? No, I have not. I've been meant to go a couple times. Friend of ours, that's... Um... 
some well, someone we know is kind of connected to it. And we have just never gotten around to going. And I'll be honest, like in terms of like for the most part, I grew up with like listening to like I listen to everything, but I actually so when Ricky was throwing the events at university, that's where we met in uh, in first year. I was uh, I was a drummer through high school, and then I got into like house music and production a little bit. So I DJ. Uh, so for a long time, I was in, like I like EDM music, that kind of stuff. And uh, but as I got older, I started doing a little more more festivals. I started to appreciate more like country and soul, just different genres. And I when I really kind of gravitated towards like that kind of music was like two people. Well, one we saw was up Chris Stapleton at Coachella. Um, that guy is sick. Like I, uh, yeah, he was dope. And, um, saw him at Coachella and there was one other one person I didn't get to see, but Gary Clark Jr. Kind of different genres, but like kind of that. Mm, He's phenomenal. And we were in, we went to Nashville, me and Ricky are Tennessee fans. We've been to Nashville and I missed him when we were down there and like always missed him. But, uh, yeah, Boots and Hearts is probably next time. There's a few country, more more country specific type festivals. Like those like Southern ones that I want to get to, but. Yeah, not yet. I feel like these Nick. concerts are so hype. You know, like oh, everybody's ready. Girls are all looking their best. I think if there's if there's one place where girls look their best, it is a country concert. Country concerts are like as close to heaven as you will ever get on the show. <laughs> like next time there is a like next time whether whether it be boots and hearts or there's obviously some big ones that are happening now in the states. Um, like I know Faster Horses was this past weekend. Um, they're like. It's like until you've been to one, you don't get it. I mean, I I know the rest of the guys. Like we had never been to one, and then just out of high school, Boots and Hearts started up, and uh, a few of my buddies and, and myself were like, "Well, we can't really afford it, but let's just sneak in." And it was like we got in, and we're like, "What is going on?" Like Bob said, like you literally stay up until like five a.m. It's like all about the music, but it's more than that. It's about like the whole experience and just like-minded people and people there to have a good time and, and party and and booze and it's it's just like it's something else but next time we play akita bala um if we get a chance to play that in the next year you guys should come up because it's like he's insane it's a whole nother thing my uh my girlfriend actually has a place she's up there actually right now she's up in uh, up in bala yeah she's got a place up there or oh man if you got a place to stay up there you're holding yeah Yeah. that's it's like it's amazing so well i even with us with the podcast we had so you are you guys are probably our third or fourth country group band that we've had on we had jade eagleson who's played uh boots and hearts before too so i'm jade. excited like, with next boots and hearts i'm there 100 i got a cowboy hat it's sick i bought it last year at uh you guys know the exhibition in toronto yeah. so we were uh me and george actually right, the year before covid 2019 we saw chris stapleton uh we went to the x during the day and then we went to see chris uh chris stapleton at Bud stage. Uh, stage yeah and uh we we had a good time I'll leave it at that. So I've got a country hat. I've got a pair of boots too. So I'm ready to rock and roll. A couple flannel tops. Rick's a huge concert guy. Yeah, like he tells everybody. <laughs> big, big concert guy. Yeah, he, doesn't big concert. Know, he doesn't even know the band. If he knows that they're like stuck with good, he'll be front row. Rick, Rick's the guy. He's the front row. Front, I, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want to say it earlier. He's singing. He's the that, guy honestly, singing. I, I just I love watching people that are good at what they do do yeah. what they are good at. You know, 100%. I just I love watching talented people. So there's times where I've gone to concerts for artists that I don't really care about. And I've, I've said this before on the podcast, but uh, my favorite concert I've ever been to in my entire life was Adele. And I was not an Adele fan prior to this concert. My mom really wanted to go. So I took my mom and I just witnessed something that I'd never like that level of talent was just beyond me. And I still to this day, like I'm still not a big fan of her songs, but her talent is is 
like unparalleled in my opinion. Like just one of my parallel. That's one of my one of my biggest regrets. I bought tickets for my mom and I go see Adele, and then I had a sweet solo playing gig. Uh, whatever this was like five years ago, I think I made like 200 bucks for the night. And I was like, Oh, I gotta take this 200 bucks. It's going to be unreal. She'll, she'll come back. She'll for sure come back. Obviously she's friggin' Adele. Uh, she never came back. And apparently it was the best concert ever. And it was 200 bucks. Yep. Yeah. That's I say it all the time. That's why I love going to concerts again. Uh, I, I get a lot of times I'll, I'll make a playlist. I'll download the set list the night before and I'll listen to it that yeah. whole day. Just so I kind of know some of the words and some of the songs, but yeah, I'm that guy front row. I, I thought my, you looked familiar. I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> you guys are gonna make eye contact with me? You're like he doesn't know the words. He's gonna be at the key, just like <laughs> I know that. I know. The key is weird though, because the stage is like 20 feet in the air, and everyone's yeah. down here. So I'll be in like the back, so we got like a good like yeah. angle. Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, so what do you guys now? Like now that the world's kind of opening back up and everything's kind of you know touch wood is looking promising what's uh what's up for you guys what do you got ahead of you are you you have stuff lined up have you been like kind of waiting to see what opens what what does the next couple months or year look like i mean it does this not this last month that we've gotten finally where like people are making offers for like shows and stuff like that so and i don't we i don't know if we're legally allowed to say anything yet i know we're not um so i won't to save us from getting sued um but it looks like going into the fall, especially, I'm um, going to be playing lots of dates, um, kind of all over North America. And then probably, you know, top of the new year, maybe looking, we've, we've done quite a bit of stuff in Europe, actually. And uh, so obviously things have been locked down there, too. So probably go over there um, before too long as well. So it's uh, just to get back at it. It's almost like we said this after those trace dates a month and a half ago. And now I think even more so after this, this Calgary Stampede date is that like, it's almost a little bit of a tease playing those because you're like you you just as soon as you do it you're like I want the world to be back like now mm-hmm. because when you start you don't want to have to stop again like you know we stopped for a year and a half and you you'd learn to not think about it but now that we've played a couple times you're like let's just get back at it so going into the fall and then into the winter we're gonna be playing everywhere we can so love that we uh this is unrelated and we want to go into this but we actually so besides the podcast we we founded a startup about a year ago uh it's a social app anyways we launched we're kind of planning our north like our big go-to-market strategy now through the states we're actually doing a road trip through the eastern states all through september so we're getting this big srv kind of promoting the app and, and so forth again uh going down with our other co-founder uh so we'll be up basically traveling the whole eastern seaboard all through september into the south into october most likely uh, so I'll have to connect with you guys. And if you're out there, we obviously can't say now, but we'll figure something out. If we cross paths somewhere, we'll definitely come out hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, if we cross paths, we get together and, and crank some, some cold drinks or hot drinks. Who knows? Oh, no, that was <laughs> some cold drinks, cold drinks. Uh, I know you guys just recently released a single as well. So I want to chat about that. Uh, it's gotta be exciting. Is this the first kind of post COVID single? I, I don't know why it's not post COVID. We're still kind of in it, but I guess this is the first one to open up everything again. Yeah, first kind of, let's call it the tail end of COVID single. Yeah. Um, for sure, and it's actually the first song we've had because we just we just kind of sort of switched labels. We uh, got our first kind of American major record deal with Sony Nashville. Um, and so it's our first single with them. And it's been like, it's been awesome. It, this last year has been, felt like time stood still. So to finally have new music out there right now, like Calgary was our first time getting to play it. Um, and so to have a new single out there with people, don't you forget how exciting that is to like have new music that, that feels still fresh to us and, 
and have people already know the words to it. So it's been awesome. It's just good to have like, it's another thing like to be able to engage with fans to see online, just to get that excitement. And it's also like this last year, if for nothing else has been really good for, for writing and working on production, doing all of that stuff. So it feels good to kind of, kind of finally get some new music. Out. Sorry. I keep getting freaking spam no, no, emails. No so I keep having to swipe them away. So <laughs> yeah, but no, it, yeah. it feels great. And I was going to say to go on to James's point, it's just because uh, all of us have seen with our, with James and uh, the band and then the team of writers that James writes a lot of our hits with, it's just, we always get this throughout the year, see all the songs that come through. So like, if there's anything for the fan, like this, the batch of songs that we have coming out now with Sony Nashville and everything that's coming is going to be, I think it's going to blow people away. So if they're JBB fans and they're in for a good year of music, let's just say wow. that. <laughs> Wow. Um, too much. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask in terms of like aspirations, if you could play one venue, this can be, it's for each of you. I have a couple I want to fire off one venue in the world. Like tomorrow you get an offer. It's like the, the only venue, your last venue you're going to play. What is your number one most desired venue to play? Red rocks. Love that. Mine is uh, Madison Square Gardens, just because everyone, literally everyone's played it. Yeah. Ooh. The moon. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, dude. Point outside the box on that one, eh? <laughs> Love it. Get Elon Musk on the phone. That's <laughs> it. It'll go home. Yeah. I, I have one more follow-up to that. I just want to find out from, like, uh, kind of got you guys started or inspired you who's who's each of your biggest inspirations in the in the music industry probably for me eric church i'm a huge eric church guy this he doesn't have a bad song you put on any record front to back and it's gonna be dope um so that's it that's final answer locked in sweet <sighs> i had a two-parter ish i matchbox 21st and foremost for sure first like first music love ever just like every song they ever did was sick and then a couple years later i <clears throat> saw ed sheeran i was on the ed sheeran train long before it took off i saw him in concert second row at you know, <laughs> second row at massey hall when he opened up for snow patrol and that was like the most mind melting like inspiring unbelievable thing because it was like you're just you're watching a dude you're watching a dude that does what he does and this and this is how good it is like that was i think matchbox matchbox was a love and that's where like my love for music started and then ed sheeran was like like he can do it i have to buckle down because like look at what he's doing that's friggin' insane uh, and I would go for me for country, at least. Um, I know the early ones that got me really into it was like the early Eric church, like guys like me, um, just, Justin Moore, Dirk Bentley. And then I guess from like a music thing, when I used to play guitar, I was really into like the pop, <laughs> um, <laughs> pop punk. So like I used to always watch the videos of like uh, Tom DeLonge and Mark Hoppus and, and like Blink-182 and how they interacted with each other and their stage and the funny banter and the pranking stuff. So like, I don't know. I mean, that's always been like my dream was like to, I kind of be like those kind of guys, I guess. And then if Warp Tour is still around, imagine Warp Tour. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I sold, I sold pop at Warp Tour in like 2013. 
maybe 2012, 2013. Dude, I made a kill. No, I sold pop. I literally, I was the guy who hit around the neck at Molson Park selling pop. And one time, I I was the like line cook or whatever for the Green Day concert when they came, and they asked me to peel carrots. And so I was like, okay. So I peeled the entire carrot about six times. And the guy's like, where's my peeled carrots? I showed him the nub. He's like, right there. It's like, no, where's the carrot? I was like. The peeled carrot. He's like, no, you idiot. You just take off the top layer. Like, oh, that's why I never that's why I never became a cup. True story. You've come a long way. You've come a long way. Yeah. Uh, funny thing from uh if you guys have ever been uh Way Home. Do you remember Way Home? Oh, in the Yeah, Fruits and Hearts. And uh Connor and I were working <laughs> security and we were like pissed broke at the time. And so we're working security and like we were just confiscating cigarettes and booze which we could have been the cool security guards, but we just confiscated all the cigarettes and booze. And then just after our shift, we just took all the stuff we confiscated <laughs> into the concert and just took everyone's stuff. And that's it. And then went into the concert after and enjoyed it. Yeah. Some guys saw us probably smoking the smokes and it was just like. Yeah. These guys are, there's definitely someone who remembers you guys and put a face in the name. They're going to see this and make those fucking guys. It took our, <laughs> it took our shit. Hundred yeah. percent. There's a little something extra in every one of the cigarettes. You just like Russian roulette. You never know what you're gonna get. So, <laughs> I did want to ask something here about the James Barker band word of the day. How did? Oh how did wow! Yeah. How did that start? Give us like a crazy story that came out of that. Do you guys just roast each other with these, or? No, it's not really. I mean, it really actually stems. I would like to say it stems specifically from Taylor and Connor being really good at spelling, but it's equal parts that and equal Bobby and I not being able to even write our own names. Um, and so we started this thing, like literally, it's been so long since we've been on the road on a tour. I forgot about it, all these little games. Um, but literally like Connor and Taylor both can spell any word. And so like every day we would have like a word where I would say something and I wouldn't know it or Bobby wouldn't know it or whatever. He'd be like, James Barker, my word of the day. And he had to be able to, like, those guys would be able to spell it. It sounds, like, really exciting on paper, but in practicality, you're like, oh, so you guys are just, like, kind of nerdy. So it's that, that's really what it is. But I said nerd, like, yeah, Connor and I wear that with pride, James. So just because you're not in the club, like, whatever. <laughs> well, See, I, I perceive it differently. I thought it was, like, someone who's a big word. You're like, oh, what an asshole. You didn't have to use that word. So you kind of, like, call them out for using it. We've all gotten to the point now where we don't use big words ever because if you, all you have to do is mess up once and you get, we are so ruthless, like Bobby said earlier, is that nothing in this band would ever go like, if I tripped up right now in this interview, they would, it would just be like a feeding frenzy. Everyone would jump all over me. And it so you can't be, risk using a big word and screwing it up. It might be the most toxic work environment. <laughs> I just picture you guys having this like group text. We just go off all day on each other. Group text. Yeah. You have to be careful. Cause if you give any, any fluid to the fire, like if, if you don't think you just type something, you're like, Oh, that was dumb. If as you, after you hit sent, you're like, Oh, that was dumb. You're going to get it right back tenfold. You just, you know like, what the worst part is? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, cause even at like the stampede show, I was like, man, I should coming from like the more of the sports background. I was like, I should, we should huddle the guys in and have a pregame speech. And so I should fire the guys up. And then I was just like, no, if I do that, I'm literally getting roasted. <laughs> and I go out on stage and I'm going to just hate my life. So I just didn't say anything. We just <laughs> the worst, you know what the worst part about the band is? And I'll say this because he's not here is that the three of us who are on this call are generally like, we'll say our opinion right out of the gate. Connor will act like he's on your side in any sort of a disagreement. And then he'll flip. If he's like, or if you're like, if you're roasting someone, 
he'll like be roasting that person with you and like picking on the person and then he'll turn and be like but also you're an idiot and it's like <laughs> roast you just never know he has no allegiance to anyone in the band he will just also, roast anyone and then he always like comes in victorious it's like when you're playing video games you're like third what is it called like third teams every single person if two people are going at it and just like screws it up so let let the record show i showed no emotion during that segment and i chose no sides <laughs> yeah there you go there you go sweden switzerland yeah switzerland. <laughs> either um, or i love it guys before we do start to wrap up we got a couple more questions that we always ask every guest uh to start to wrap it up the first if there was a movie about your lives who would you want to star as you could be anyone from any point in time jim carrey oh (laughs) so we got jim carrey um i would actually want uh probably brad pitt because he's fucking hot um i'm kidding I just really, I have like severe hair envy with Brad Pitt. And so I'm just going to go with that. So you're getting roasted in the group chat for that tomorrow, eh? <laughs> I guess I'll even care. James called Brad Pitt hot. I'm Brad Pitt. Yeah. Anything anybody's yeah. allowed to call Brad Pitt hot. I guess yeah. a stud. Yeah, yeah exactly. He is a Wait, stud. That's maybe a better way to say it. Anyone who disagrees is just too insecure to admit it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bobby, what about <laughs> you? Uh, <laughs> I get. <laughs> They all know what I'm going to say. I, I, it would be, I think it's an obvious one. Yeah, it's going to be Tom Hiddleston probably. Oh, wow. What a comment. <laughs> Dude, I, mean, I was watching the new Loki series the whole time. I was like, man, this guy yeah, like, like Tom Hiddleston in the sky. Like, I'm so confused right now. <laughs> yeah, I love how you're like, I don't know. Should I say that one? Should I give a better answer? It'd be, it'd be funny I, if you I got someone who didn't look at all like you to do it. <laughs> if, I, yeah. if I had to go off the board, I would say... Like Christian Bale. I'm a big Christian Bale fan. Wow. Yeah, and I'll edit my answer. Jim Carrey or or um, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's just Hardy. with regards to like the Brad Pitt thing, I don't have the hair envy. But if I if I could be someone as cool as someone, it'd be Tom Hardy. I want he's, the he's, I want the, the grandpa from uh, Modern Family. Can he play me? Yeah. Can he play <laughs> yeah. Me? <laughs> yeah. Love that. The boy. one very- yeah, he's the one married to Sophia, whatever. I can't say yeah, last name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to say, Bobby, you should actually try that one day. Like, go into a show and just tell people that, like, or you guys bring him out on stage. Like, a special guest. And it's Tom Hiddleston. So, <laughs> see what people say. Because honestly, you could probably pass for it. People would fall for it. Well, oh. we'll I'm sure we, I forget where we were in like Scotland or something. And his play was there. And we had this whole idea that we were going to try and sneak into the play. And pretend to be him, but I feel like, or it's like we're gonna get arrested, and I'm gonna miss the show. So maybe we should just. I forgot about that. Imagine that was right now, you dude. It would be like that would have been actually very cool. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, last... Oh, I'll see you, James. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was missing that. Someone called me. Uh, last question, uh, to each of you. If you could give one piece of advice to your younger selves, what would it be? Uh. One piece of it. <laughs> music advice or life advice? At whatever. <laughs> One thing you would tell your younger self that you wish you knew. <clears throat> um, one piece of this. I feel like there's an opportunity here for an actually good piece of life advice. Yeah. Guy, I'd say actual life advice is like pay attention to money and be good with managing it because it, it makes your life so much easier going forward. I also wish I would have taken accounting class in high school. I never went to college, um, but I wish I would have done like some type of accounting class uh, for sure. Cause that would have just been nice. 
Um, but yeah, pay attention to money and like be smart about your money because if you set yourself up early on, then it makes your life a whole lot easier. Okay. On that note, my advice, buy Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Lots of it. <laughs> buy Bitcoin and pay attention in French class. Fair. Why the French class? I just feel like it's such a waste. Every like English speaking Canadian comes out of like elementary school and high school and doesn't know how to speak French and spent like as much time doing that as they did math and doesn't know how to speak it. So kids pay attention to French class. Very valid. Uh, I would say travel and just have fun and just spend your money, travel, spend it, party, have fun, go all out. And when you die, you die. So, So basically what you, what we've been doing. I love I love it. We got we got two sides of the answers here, and then we got buy Bitcoin. I yeah. love it. I love it. Guys, honestly, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for like for sitting down with us. It's been uh it's been a blast getting to know you guys and then seeing the other side. Obviously, not what I guess you don't see on stage as much. So this would be really great. All the listeners will enjoy this and hopefully we can make it out and uh, catch a show in the very near future. Oh yeah. This is our first podcast, too. Actually, really? yeah, we haven't actually done any. Yeah, we haven't done any podcasts. It's always just like natural really interviews and stuff. Wow, well, crazy. I, I you listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. You guys just start a well, podcast on the host each other the whole time. Oh. Bobby's like, we no, were going to do that. Right, we, can't do like that. we would be dropped within like a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we talked about doing a podcast like in the van when we're driving or in the bus. Like, we'll be now. We would be canceled like that, and so we uh. <laughs> I digress. We'd have to have some really good editing in. So, <laughs> boys, before we wrap up, um, if people want to find out more about you guys, your music, where can they go? How can they find you? Literally at James Barker Band on all platforms on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, just James Barker Band on TikTok. We're all over I'm the TikTok. Um, and then obviously all of the major streaming services. We're all over all of that. Just look up James Barker Band. Easy to do. Easy. Love it, boys. Um, yeah. Good. Guys, we really appreciate you coming on. Hang on one second. We're going to take a quick picture. But other than that, oh. we are done recording. Got to snap a Hold on. Hold on. Let's <laughs> Hold on. There it goes one second. I gotta go. You like to drink and to smoke and to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes in every eye. I got alone. No one thing. And I don't right. I'm not alright